Hey, welcome back to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. We are your hosts, Joel and Laura Hillary. We are now in Wellington, and we have come to an amazing, amazing place. Um, it is terrible weather here in Wellington, but we're joined today with Rochelle. How are you doing, Rochelle? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Joel. Yeah? Yeah. And um, Rochelle has, uh, I mean, we came up and saw Rochelle uh, two days ago, and one of the cool things that we realized was how many how many things you have in common with my parents yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was uncanny yeah <laughs> so they have a cat which is a tabby cat called tiger my parents have a ta- tabby cat called tiger they have a little dog called billy where my parents have a little dog called billy and your husband vincent is an architectural designer, and so is my dad. No, <laughs> and um, I'm sure my mum's second uh, profession of choice would have been a florist, but she was a school teacher. <laughs> it's a bit weird, isn't it? It is quite cool, actually. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just such, such a nice uh, way to meet you. You know, we connected with you through who was that in Wanaka, Laura? Uh, it was Gabby who we met in Wanaka. Yeah, so yeah. shout out Gabby. Thank you for connecting us. And um, yeah, so nice to meet you and um, to be welcomed into your home and um, that you're bold and ready to share your testimony. And um, yeah, so we'll just pass it over to you, Rochelle. You can start wherever you want. We'll jump in and out with questions. But yeah. Yeah, it's great to meet you guys too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, um, my testimony, I have never actually sat down and written it out or, you know, thought about it um, in great depth, but it's it's quite good to be able to share it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and if I could say one thing about my life, to sum it all up, it would be that my life is a testament to the faithfulness of God. That's Amen. Cool. Yeah, and right through my life, I've just seen it again and again. So, um, yeah, it's good to be able to um, share my story, and, and hopefully, it will encourage somebody. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll tell you my my story. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I um, grew up in a family that, until the age of me being about eight years old, they weren't Christians. Um, my my mother was on the quest to find the meaning of life, and my father, who was a pilot, lived a life to all on the outside looking in. Um, a very he seemed to be a very sort of a suave, charming, and very smooth sort of a guy. However, in reality, he he really wasn't. He was um, he was, I guess, what you'd call a serial adulterer. <laughs> with a really bad temper, and we grew up very fearful of his outbursts. Um, I guess you could say we grew up with domestic violence. Um, We moved around a lot with Dad being stationed in different cities, and we had a brief stint of about six months in Wellington, which is where we are now, when I was about six before my mother finally had enough of dad's affairs and the violence and she left him and she took my sister and myself and went back to Auckland and it was during this time that mum found God through a woman she was working with who took her to church at an AOG church and she got radically saved and then my sister and I um, were not far behind. I was eight when I gave my heart to the Lord at a church service at the Auckland Town Hall, which was an AOG church back then. Um, It was very real, and I absolutely experienced the love of God. And I remember the song playing as I walked up on the altar call was that song, you probably know, Something Beautiful, Something Good, Mm. All My Confusions He Understood. Um, All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful out of my life. Um, Rochelle, can I ask, when you say you found God, what what does that mean if we were able to put that into more detail for anybody listening that might not have had that experience before? Sure. Um, So I was in the church service and listening to the, um, the pastor talking, and I just... I started to cry. The things that he was talking about really 
um, for an eight-year-old seemed very real, which mm. I guess is kind of unusual for an eight-year-old. Mm. Um, and he just said, um, you know, if some of the things that I've been talking about, um, okay, I mean, I can't remember his exact words, but he said, if you want to know Jesus mm. um, and have a relationship with him, raise your hand and and I did and you know I it was I still remember quite clearly that I just started crying and you know unexplained you can't explain it when you're an eight-year-old why are you crying why mm. do you feel so um yeah emotional and yeah. and I just did and I just knew I wanted to do that and so uh, the town hall where we were sitting I don't know if you know the Auckland Town Hall, but we were right up the top, up in the gods, they call it. And so I and my sister, both of us um, put our hands up and we both walked On the same day. Together, yeah. That's cool. She That's was really 10 neat. and I was 8 and we walked all the way down, all the way down all of the stairs by ourselves without our mum um, and up the front on this wow. altar call, you know, both of us crying. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was a really... A uh, really beautiful moment. Yeah, yeah, very real. That the, is amazing. Yeah, at the time, yeah. Um, that is so cool, Rochelle. Um, I just want to ask if you were able to reconcile, like you, your sister, and your mum, with your father mm. um, after you were saved, because you guys had had left him at that point. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my mum, after getting saved, um, she heard like an audible voice from God saying, go back to Ken. That was my father. Wow. And uh, she did, even though she really didn't want to because it had been pretty tough, mm. but she she did, you know. She was obedient to God and she went back to him. Um, and he, you know, she prayed for him and, you know, they obviously had some counselling and were trying to restore their marriage. Yeah. Um, he wasn't coming to church, and she continued going. And uh, then he got invited to go to a full gospel businessmen's meeting. Um, it was a friend of my mother's, I think, uh, at the church that she was going to, or that we were going to, who invited him. Um, and so he went, and he had a similar experience to what I had, and um, he... <laughs> You know, the, the guy that was speaking um, said, if you want to know Jesus, to put your hand up. And I remember him saying, I don't know what happened, but I saw my hand up in the air and I couldn't <laughs> control it. <laughs> so, I love that. It's like yeah. a spiritual reflex. Yeah. We need God and your body just reacts to it sometimes. Yeah. Um, how long was the distance, like the, the split between... Yeah, you guys leaving your father and then her hearing that call back to him from the Lord. Yeah, I think um, they were separated for about six months. Okay. Yeah, and in that time she heard God. She got saved, you know, um, and, yeah, went back. So, yeah, about six months. And then, um, yeah, so... I was I that, I was eight when I became a Christian, and then Mum and Dad got back together. And for two years, um, he was sort of obviously on this journey of, you know, yeah, questioning everything. Yeah. Um, oh, so what, he would have seen this full this transformation, chain. yeah, not just with his his wife, yeah. but with his two daughters yeah. as well, yeah, and going whoa, yeah, things like, were really different over that period. Wow, um, yeah. The fighting had stopped, and it was just so, yeah. so much better. I saw a, um, it was a statistic on if the father becomes saved or goes to church, it's a ninety-six percent chance that the rest of the family will attend church. Yeah, oh, and if it's that. the mother, it's a sixty-three mm-hmm. percent chance mm-hmm. that the rest of the family, and then if it's a child, it's a fourteen percent chance. Yeah, um, amazing. So, you know, it's it's pretty cool to be, you know, your your mum going to church, taking the kids to church and it's almost like you add that all together and it's a hundred hundred percent God's gonna pull through away. Yeah. Well, cool. you know, we were all praying for him and so many other people were as well. So yeah. 
you know, he didn't stand a chance, really, did he? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, the story um, doesn't end there because two years later, as I was saying, he went to this full gospel businessmen's meeting and put his hand up and he became a Christian at that point. And um, for the next week, seven days, he um, just was crying, you know, right throughout the day and apologising to mum for the way that he'd behaved and the way that he'd treated her and us. And, like, he was just, like, broken, you mm. know. Um, and God That's was obviously doing some right good, true repentance. Yeah. He was just a mess. And yeah. God was obviously really um, doing a work of healing in his mm. heart. And anyway, it was amazing. I remember that being a time of um, lots of... Lots of cuddles, lots of talking, lots of apologies, and and praying mm. together, and it was amazing. Um, and then, um, yeah, it was. I'm I'm going to read this out because this is hard to say, <laughs> even now after all these years. Um, we were living in Auckland, and Dad was flying for a small commercial airline at the time. And the night of October the 31st, 1977, was one I'll never forget. I remember Dad standing in the hall and saying goodbye, and then he was gone. And that night, um, his plane had unexplainable engine failures, and his plane crashed into the sea off the coast of Whanganui. Um, And they found some of the wreckage, but they never found his body. Um, I was 10 then, and um, we got the phone call that night that his plane had gone down, and uh, Mum rang our pastor, and he came round. It was it was a really hard time for us. Uh, yeah, and my mother was amazing and um, really strong, and our church was incredible and really gathered around us. And, you know, I remember sitting around in the room over the next few days with all these visitors and people coming around and just praying and praying that they would find, you know, we were hoping, you know, maybe he'd got out and he was on a life raft somewhere. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they they never found him. And, uh, and it was it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, yeah, and it was a, a tough age to lose your dad. I mean, it's never, it's never a good age, but yeah. 10 is a really difficult age. Mm. Uh when you you know you're just sort of coming into puberty and really needing your dad and uh, you know your dad's role is to affirm your identity and you know tell you you're beautiful and you're clever and I'm proud of you and you can do anything and yeah and I didn't have that um, during those years uh, so it was really difficult um, we were. We were in a great church, and and I was in a good youth group. But you know, I was uh, just really trying to find who I was and where I fitted in. Um, it's amazing, though, how God had restored the whole family together. It was incredible. Like He knew what, like not like He knew what was going to happen. So He He has a plan, and he's restored your family. Yeah, he did. So you and had amazing years. We did. Know? We had two great years, yeah. and um, and it was amazing. And Dad was like a different person, and and you know I saw Mum and Dad's marriage uh, in a really good place. Mm. So you know that was a great thing. Um, yeah, and then so throughout my teenage years, I um, I I tried pretty hard to. Um, you know, find, I guess, yeah, as I said, my identity. And um, I got to about the age of 16 trying to be a good girl. And, you know, uh, then I just kind of lost the plot a little bit, went a bit wild and crazy for about three years and, you know, did a whole lot of stuff, stopped going to church and just went wild um, I had, you know, quite a few relationships and just got into the whole scene of partying and drinking and, you know, doing really stupid things. Um, 
and really messed up my life quite a lot. And, you know, um, yeah, I got to a point where I just... Was this your late teenage years? Like yeah, this 16 was to from eight. 16 I stopped going to church yep. and uh, just really went wild. <laughs> yeah. Was there, did you stop for a reason of, was it, was there worldly temptation? Was there, I just don't want to go to church anymore? Was there, I want to live my life? Mm, um, was all of there, the above, I guess. All of the above. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was that. It was, um, there was a lot of temptation. I had a lot of um, friends that weren't Christians who were out there doing things that, you know, looked quite cool. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go and try that (laughs) Mm. um and so yeah I I did that for about three years and just really um did some things that were stupid and um you know that yeah were were not not good choices for my life um and I got to the age of about 18 and my life was actually a real mess and um, I dropped out of school, and um, yeah, I just really was not in a good place. I was losing weight. I was, I was doing drugs, and I was, um, yeah, I was doing things where, you know, I would find myself sort of passed out in places and think, "How did I get here? Mm. You know, what is, you know?" And then I, I got to a point where I just thought. Something has to change. Mm. Um, But the funny thing was through all of that that I thought that I was still a Christian. I would, you know, tell myself I'm still a Christian. I'm okay. And I'm going to make it, you know. If I die, I'm going to heaven. (laughs) um, Yeah. Um, I had a friend who was, um, she was a really good friend that I'd actually led to the Lord when I was 13. And she had been a really great friend. She'd been really faithful throughout all my crazy years and she could see what I was doing and how messed up my life was and she said Rochelle why don't you come to this youth group camp and I was sort of like youth group camp I don't think so um but you know I knew that something had to change and I'd reached this point where I thought gosh my life is a mess and it's it can't get much worse and and I have to do something Mm. um and I I said okay I'll go and um, so I went along to this combined youth group camp, I think it was called Crossroads, and there was a speaker, um, Ray Comfort. Is quite oh, you had Ray Comfort? Yeah, Ray oh, Comfort cool. was the speaker there, and he was talking about, uh, uh, you know, just not, not compromising, basically. He was talking about, you know, if you think... He was just sort of telling my life story. If you think that you're going to make it, you're not. And he was, and he said that scripture about you know um, not being oh, being hot or cold because if you're mm. lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my life, uh, out of my mouth. And it was like somebody punched me in the stomach, and it suddenly became really real. And I thought, oh, that's me. I'm actually fooling myself, mm. and I'm I'm actually not really a Christian at all. And he will spit me out of his mouth and. You know, and he, so he gave this invitation to come and get your life right with God, and I was like the first person up <laughs> on that altar call. Um, yeah, and I was 19 at that point, and um, yeah, that was obviously the major turning point in my life. And I love it how every time, like we've heard, it's, it's like a universal thing, but when we present ourselves to God, we don't have to go and get ourselves clean and get off the drugs and get off the partying wagon and and get off all that. It's come as you are mm-hmm. and I will wash you mm-hmm. and that you you weren't ready to I don't know, a lot of, a lot of the time I think we we believe oh, I'll go to church or I'll 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 go to God when I've cleaned myself up a little bit. Mm. But there's real power, and this is it's very biblical to come as you are um, and let God do the rest. Mm. And I love how you've done that. I mean, when you were eight, going to the front, fully surrendered to the Lord, and then again at this youth camp Mm. and 
God meets you each time where you're at. Mm. And it's a powerful thing. Yeah, so powerful, really. And life-changing, you know, that, um, you know, he takes us just as we are in our absolute brokenness Mm -hmm. and just loves us. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing better than that. So that was a turning point. You yeah. you were doing lots of partying and drugs and um, really stuck in the world, more or less, mm. um, thinking that you that you're enjoying it. But you wake up knowing that there's a hole, mm. and the hole seems to get bigger and bigger. But mm. only God can fill that. Mm. You can try it with anything else, but only God can fill that hole. So, was that the moment that you turned and ran straight? hot for God? Well, it was. Um, I absolutely did, and I went back to church and youth group and really, you know, cleaned up my act, I guess you could say. Um, and I moved back home with my mum. Oh, so you had moved out? Yeah, I had. I'd gone flatting. Oh, I see, (laughs) yeah. It was... Was, was this through like uni? Did you do university no, or anything? No, you dropped just dropped out of school. Dropped out of school. And I just went and got a job. Um, yeah, yeah. Did and the so, whole gap year? Yeah, I didn't do. I didn't do uni at that point. Yeah, um, I was just you know actually on too much of a crazy journey to be able to even focus on anything like that. I think, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I moved back home with my parents. My mum and she'd remarried, um, and had two more children, <laughs> and so I moved home, and um, I I was going out with a guy at that point when I had recommitted my life, um, and he wasn't a Christian, and it was really hard to end that relationship, mm. and, um, you know, when you're in a physical relationship, it's very hard to end that, and, you know, even though I was wanting to live my life for God, it was like, it's like that, do you know that verse in the Bible that says, where Paul says, the things that I want to do, mm. oh yes, yeah, I <laughs> end up, do I don't do, yeah. and the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing, mm. and that was that situation, Yeah, and so, you know, um, I ended up getting pregnant, and my mum said, you have to get married, and so it was your classic shotgun wedding and um and I got married at 19 was really young yeah and um yeah and he did come to the Lord um but he was sort of on and off on and off for years and and it was a really difficult marriage because we were unequally yoked you know Mm. and I was really wanting to live my life for God and be serious about that Mm. and he wasn't and so you know, even though we tried, we had counselling and, you know, we did everything, I think. Well, I certainly did everything that I could to keep that marriage together. Um, it didn't, yeah, it didn't last. It fell apart. And But we did have three beautiful children together and they are such a blessing. But, um, yeah, he had an affair with a woman he was working with and left. Uh, and, you know, that is a really horrible thing to have to go through. Yeah. You know, going through a marriage breakup, a divorce is probably one of the worst things that you can go through. Um, mm. uh, so that that was, um, yeah, that was a really difficult, um, difficult part of my life. Um, but, you know, God was there right through it, and I absolutely know that he was. And I just determined that I was going to hang on in there, even though it was, you know, one of the most horrendous things to go through. And I remember a time where I was standing in the bathroom at my house going, you know, just crying and going, God, I can't do this. It's too hard. And, you know, I had my eyes closed. I was just, I was crying out to him. And I had the sense that somebody walked into the room like it was a really um, tangible sense that somebody had just walked into the room and I could feel them standing there. I could feel them brushing up alongside my shoulder and I just opened my eyes and went, I turned my head to see who it was and there was nobody there. But I know 
that it was God. You know, I know it was Jesus. Yeah. And um, I just, I closed my eyes again and it just went, well, you know, just overwhelmed and crying. And I just had a sense of him saying, you're not alone. You're not going through this on your own. I'm with you and I'm carrying you through this time. And like it was the most real experience I've ever had of Jesus. And, you know, I've never had anything quite like that again. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, just another, um, I guess that's just another example of his faithfulness. Yeah. You know, um, that you can go through really hard things in your life, like the death of a parent or a, a marriage breakup or something like that, but you can just have this experience of God, you know, how he says in his word, I will never leave you or forsake you. And um, that's been so real for me that, you know, I, I have been through some difficult things in my life, but um, God's faithfulness has been so real, you know, just incredible. Mm. That's so cool. I love yeah. how the Bible says, you know, for when I am weak, he is strong, mm. you know, and the way that I see that is the um, when when we're walking with Christ, and the weight of the world gets so heavy that it brings us to our knees. And it's upon becoming to our knees that's when God meets us where mm. we're at, you mm. know. And, Absolutely. And we want to get to that point. I've heard uh, Ray Comfort, since you brought him up already, um, he said a cool quote that i seen on Facebook, which was, before you get out of your bed and you let your knees hit the ground before your feet. And just Absolutely. essentially start your day yeah. on your knees rather than on your feet. Well, that's what I did, actually. That's funny you say that because that's how I got through those years of being on my own. I was a single mum with three young children. Um, the youngest was two at the time. I had a two-year-old, a four-year-old and a nine-year-old. And, you know, I was on my own um, and they were they were tough years, but... Um, I would start my day every day. I'd get on my knees beside my bed and I'd just go, God, I need you desperately. I need you. Mm. And, you know, like, I would just get this total download of peace. And I have to admit that those years that I was on my own, those four years, um, I had the most incredible intimate relationship with Jesus, you know, mm. because when you're desperate for him and he's all you've got, yeah. It's so real, you know. Mm. It's like, <sighs> I have nothing but you, Lord, <laughs> and I need you desperately. And he's faithful, and he turns up, you know. So I used to do that every morning and every night again, Lord, I need you desperately. And he did. He just used to turn up, like, incredibly. His presence, you know, was there, and um, and it was beautiful. Um it's so good to let people know that's mm. listening to this podcast. You know, um, you might have gone through so much weight in in the world, and and you just think, you know, I can't, it it can't get any better. Mm. And that's when God shows up. You know, that's that's the time when you got nothing to lose. Cry out to God. Mm. I mean, you got nothing to lose. Mm. Yeah. So if you're listening right now and you got nothing to lose and you just don't know where to go, yeah. Ask the Lord to reveal himself, yeah. and, man, he does. He absolutely does. Yeah, He's good like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, on with that story. So during that, I, I was on my own for four years, and um, my parents were um, running a YWAM base over on Great Barrier Island, oh, cool. and uh, they... They said, why don't you come over? Um, why don't you just come over? So I, I did. I packed up the house and the kids and everything, and I went over and I did a DTS. and um, Which is, which is a, a Discipleship a, Training yeah. School for anybody listening. Yeah. And YWAM also stands for Youth with a Mission. I don't know how many times we've said that on this podcast, but <laughs> just in case this is your first episode, definitely do YWAM if you feel like you don't know where God's wanting you and you yeah. just got a spare six months. 
transformative, absolutely, absolutely incredible course yeah. to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't recommend it enough because I was, you know, at a, at a point in my life where I was like, well, what should I do now? And, you know, God, I need a little bit of direction here. And uh, my parents said, come over and do this DTS, and I did. And um, Great Barrier Island is pretty cool. <laughs> is that DTS still there? It's not, unfortunately, because oh. um, they, they used to run a surfers DTS and the music and worship one, and I did the music and worship one. And it was great, but also used to go out surfing, which was mm. a bit of fun as That's well. That's really cool. Yeah, really cool. Um yeah, so I went into that with the kids, and um, it was just an amazing experience of really growing as a Christian. Like, I'd been a Christian since I was eight, and oh, I was 29 at this point um, when my marriage broke up. So, uh, yeah, I was 29 and went over and did that. And even though I'd been a Christian for that many years, just being in that real intense um environment where it's just like you're in lectures all day long and Mm. then you have worship every night you know I just grew so much as a Christian Mm. it's like a greenhouse eh? yeah it really is it was just such a great thing to do and I highly recommend it for anybody um so I did that and came back and um you know I just was in a great place and I was like god I just want to live my life for you and um you know this is what I'm doing. Um, and so I started running a, a ministry with YWAM, which was a performing arts ministry. Um, and I did that, um, then decided to take myself off to university at that point, And I did arts management there. And you know, I was in a really great place. And I said to the Lord, I don't ever want to get married again. I'm just actually having a really good time, doing what I'm doing, raising my kids, running this ministry. Church is great. I'd started running a connect group. We were at, um, I was at, oh, no, and the kids, at C3 and um, in Auckland. And I was just having a really great time with with the Lord and with my kids. And, um, you know, things were great. And I said, yeah, Lord, I don't want to get married again. But... If you have other plans, of course, you know, I'm open to that. But if there is somebody else that you have for me, then, you know, that guy's going to have to really pursue me because I'm not going looking. (laughs) 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 And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Um, Vincent came back from living in Australia and came to church and I was on stage doing worship and he came to church that day after being you know, in Australia for, I think he'd been over there for nine years, and the Lord said, I want you to come back to New Zealand because it's time to get married. And he came to church and saw me out there. And, um, yeah, he, I think, was pretty interested. <laughs> and he came up and introduced me, introduced himself to me at church and was super friendly. And not long after that, came up again and spoke to me at church and said, would you like to go out for dinner? And I was just like, <gasps> really shocked, didn't even know him. And I was very hesitant, um, especially, you know, after going through a divorce and I thought, I don't want to rush into anything again. Mm. Uh, so I was very hesitant, but um, he was quite persistent <laughs> and he definitely pursued me. Um, Which so, is what you asked for. It <laughs> is, exactly. And so I did went out for dinner with him, and six weeks later he proposed. <laughs> and we when got, you know, you know. Eh? I know, that's what he said. He said, I'd prayed about it before I even, even asked you out, Wow! and I knew that you were the one. <laughs> and the, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Amazing. And we got married a year, pretty much a year to the day of um, him asking me out. Um, yeah, and he's been amazing. He's he's never been married. He'd never been married before or had children, and he um, just is a really mature Christian, really stable and steady, and just the most faithful person, kind, and you know, God just um, blessed me. Amazingly, that is so Vincent. Cool. How many years have you and Vincent been married? Yeah, we've been married for twenty years now. Wow! 
Yeah, and uh, it's been amazing. We, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, we got married and lived happily ever after because, you know, that would be a lie. <laughs> Everybody has challenges and, and certainly, you know, if you're a blended family, you have challenges because, you know, I had been used to doing things my way and raising my children quite well and doing a really good job of it. Thank you very much. <laughs> and and he had no experience. And so, you know, we had to sort of, there were areas of compromise where I had to go, okay, well, I'll just bite my tongue. And, you know, um, yeah. The grace of God's always there. Amazing. When he restores a, a marriage, like a relationship or anything like that, um, he gives you that grace to overcome it as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Some people think, you know, oh, it's going to be, it would be impossible, you know, to, to bite my tongue or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. And um, God just teaches us in the moment where we're at yeah. how to include him, if we include him into yeah. it. Totally. The, the, the yoke thing. becomes light, the burden becomes mm. light. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing because we're both Christians and we're both committed to each other and to God and to the marriage. And so, you know, um, you, you still have arguments. Everybody argues, but the thing is that we are like, uh, we are committed to making this work and we'll talk it through and we'll pray together. And, mm. you know, so that was the difference that we were praying together. And, um, yeah, we've come a really long way. And, um, yeah, it's great. It's exciting. To see what God, um, you know, is doing th- through us, in us, and through us, and um, you know, we've been running a connect group for the whole time we've been married, twenty years, and we've seen lots of people get saved and healed and um, ministered to, and um, you know, just watching people grow as Christians, and yeah, it's it's um, an amazingly humbling experience to see um what god does through you you know um so yeah he's called us to come down here to wellington we moved down in october and um, it was really clear that he wanted us to come um we came down to support our daughter and her husband plant a church um and we should uh, let anybody know which church that is in yeah. Wellington. If you're in, if you're in Wellington, go yeah. to C three Central. Central, yeah, awesome. Yes. So, is there more than one C three? Yeah, there there is. There's one in Upper Hutt, but oh, yeah. there ones in the city in Webb Street. So, C three Central Wellington. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Georgia and Liam James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Do you have any advice for? Um, a younger Christian maybe, um, or something that you wish you would have known when you were, you know, in your 20s, just with the knowledge that you have now? Um, you know, I think just saying yes to God is the best thing that you can do and being obedient um, to him. And sometimes he asks you to do things which you don't really want to do and they seem quite hard. And, um, you know, they might be contrary to what the plans for your life are. But, you know, if you just say yes to God, um, it's incredible the blessing that you that you get. And the longer you live your life as a Christian, and the more you say yes and walk in obedience to him, the more you see the blessing of God, mm. you know. Um, there's a, there's a um, passage in, um, I think it's Deuteronomy. There's a... Deuteronomy 28, and it talks about, you know, the blessings for obedience and blessed will be your coming in and your going out and blessed will be your fruit basket and blessed will be the, you know, it goes on and on and on and it has just all of these different blessings that you will receive when you're obedient to God. And I think that's the key, like just say yes, Mm. you know, um, just be obedient and say yes to God. I love that. I do have to ask, though, are you both more or less YWAM couples? Did Vincent do YWAM? Because no. you said he was such a mature Christian. Yeah, no. Often that spawns out of some sort of field like YWAM, mm. or he was just just like that. Yeah, he No, he didn't do YWAM. Um, he grew up in a Catholic family that were really solid people, really good, you know, salt-of-the-earth people. So he grew up in that church and he had faith, 
but when he, t- yeah, he and went through university was with the Navigators, um, and they're not, as far as I know, they're not spirit filled, but um, they're very um, biblically like the- sound theology you know? and yeah, all that. Yeah, really good theology. So he he knew a lot. You know, he knew a lot. Um, he had a, a lot of head knowledge, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he turned, well, when he was 22, um, he said to God, yeah, I, I really need to know if you're real. He had one of those experiences of his own, you know, when it's not just what your parents believe or what you've grown up with in church, but but a real experience where I think he was working on a farm sharing sheep. And he, <laughs> he said, he was out there and he just said, God, I need to know if you're really real. And um, he's, he had one of those amazing supernatural experiences where God just actually showed up. And he, you know, one of those sort of tangible experiences like I had in the bathroom that night. He yeah. had a similar sort of a thing that you just can't deny. And, mm. um, yeah, he said he just got filled with the Holy Spirit at that point and spoke in tongues, wow. which wow. was just amazing. Um, so, yeah. You know, he didn't go to YWAM or anything like that. He just had a very solid faith. And then when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, it just became very mm. real. Um, yeah. yeah. So what happened um, after that? So you've, you're obviously, have you, in the story so far, you've moved to Wellington already? Um, yeah, that's, oh, well, we were in Auckland when we got married. Yeah. And we've only just been in in Wellington for six months. Oh, from now. Now. oh yeah, now. that's yeah. true. Yeah, we moved here. So six we're caught up ago. to date. Yeah, we're all up to date now. Wow, <laughs> that's okay. it. That's an incredible testimony. Oh, I love how there's like it's restoration through and through, mm. as as that testimony. You know, like you can't deny that God hasn't showed up at your darkest moments mm. each time. It actually reminds me a lot of the footsteps, um, yeah. uh, footsteps in the sand. Yeah. Um, so I'll just say it off the top of my head for anybody listening. If you haven't heard that poem, I highly recommend looking into it. But essentially, there's a person who has a dream, and in the dream, he sees his whole life, and he sees them in footsteps. And throughout the dream, there's two sets of footsteps, his and God's, and in he notices when he's looking through his life of footsteps on this beach that on the hardest points of his life, there was only one set of footsteps. And he got a little bit annoyed and just pressed God and said, you know, Lord, why on my hardest points does it look like there's only one set of footsteps? Why did you leave me? And God responds and says, my child, that was when I carried you. Mm-hmm. And... I really see that in your life, you know. Mm. Um, God's just been there when you needed him, you know, like, and he's like that. He He's not going to carry you through your life. He's going to let you make your own decisions and things like that. Mm. But as a good father, when you cry out and go, Lord, help, he's right there. Yeah. And I love how he's restored, you know. You've, you've got this amazing husband, Vincent, and incredible kids and that moment with YWAM that solidified your faith and, and being able to hear the Lord's voice and you've been running a connect group for 20 years. <laughs> that is amazing. The amount of people that that obedience would have impacted alone, mm-hmm. just the, a connect group, that's true discipleship right there. Mm, yeah. Something that the Western world lacks and... You're doing that so well. Um, Laura, did you want to say anything? Um, I was a little bit curious on what um, what were the confirmations that God showed you to move all the way from Auckland to Wellington? Ah, yeah. Well, there were seven of them, funnily seven. enough. Wow. Yeah. Seven. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I did write them all down. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, no, actually when Georgia and Liam asked us to come to Wellington, I immediately went, no. <laughs> I really didn't want to, to go at all. Um, and I was, you know, I had bad memories of Wellington when I was a child. Yeah, and I true. thought, I really don't want to go back there. It was horrible. 
um, that was not a happy period of my life, and mm. I didn't really want to revisit Wellington. I, I know it's windy and cold, and so I didn't want to go. Um, so I immediately said no, and then I went, oh. Vincent immediately said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then I went, well, Lord, if you really want us to go, of course we'll go. Um, um, but you know, this you're is gonna, dangerous prayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're going to have to actually give me, um, you know, write it in the sky, or you know, mm. give me a very clear sign, because otherwise I'm not going. Um, as God does, <laughs> He did. He gave me several signs, and um, yeah, they, they. I mean, they they might not mean anything to you, but to me, they were quite big. Mm. signs um and the first one was um I was sitting out on our back porch with some people who I didn't even really know I'd I'd sort of got to know um during the elections we'd sort of got involved in a little bit of politics and (laughs) I'd met these people and they were Christians and they came round and um, we're sitting on the back porch and we were praying we were praying for the nation and praying for government and stuff, as you do, leading up to elections. Mm. <laughs> and um, this woman out of the blue said, oh, I just have this picture that the Lord is actually moving you. He's shifting you, and you're going to get a whole different perspective. See how you look out here at that mountain? Because we lived in um, Epsom up in Auckland, and we looked out at uh, Mount St. John. But she said, see how you're looking out at that mountain? He's going to completely shift you. <clears throat> and you're going to have a whole new outlook. Um, I don't know if that means anything to you. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> maybe it does. Um, and then the next one, we were we we had a connect group, and one of the women in our connect group said, "Oh," and I hadn't told anybody anything about this. One woman said, "Oh, Rochelle, I just have the sense that." you're moving out of Auckland. And I went, ugh. (laughs) There was a second one. Um, And then there were just sort of things like that kept happening. Yeah. Um, And then I went into a clothes shop and was telling this woman about how my daughter had asked us to go to Wellington and I was praying about it. And, And she said something like, I think you're meant to go. And I, I have a florist business, and it's called Flourish, but she didn't know this. And she said, I really sense that you're meant to go and make Wellington flourish. Oh, and I went, wow. oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's I went, awesome. Oh, God, really? <laughs> and, you know, so there was just sort of sign after sign after sign. Yeah. Oh, and then um, my my pastor, Fiona, and my my son-in-law's mum said, why don't we do a little road trip down to Wellington and just suss out the land and we'll pray and, you know, pray about that church plant. And so I went, okay. So we drove down there and uh, we stayed a night. And in the morning when I woke up, as I was waking up, you know, that sort of place between sleep and awake, I had this really vivid picture of a mountain um, and it was looking down on houses and there was a cross on top of the hill. And I, when I woke up, I told my friend, oh, I just had this dream. It was really, really clear. And she went, wow, that's really interesting. And then we drove to Brooklyn where they were thinking about um, planting this church. And we got out of the car and I looked up and there was that mountain that I'd seen in my dream. And I went, oh, my gosh, it's that mountain. And we drove up. Uh, we walked up the mountain and there was a... It wasn't a cross, it was like a memorial thing on top of the mountain. Um, and we walked up there, looked down, there were all these houses, and we started to pray, and there was a pahutakawa that was in full bloom on top of the mountain. Uh, it was really beautiful. And as we started to pray, a tui came and sat in the pahutakawa tree and started singing, followed by another one and another one and another one and another one until the whole tree was just full of tuis singing, which was just really weird. And we were like, oh, my goodness, this is weird. And, you know, goosebumps moment. And there was, you know, no denying that that was was like a Holy Spirit thing. It was definitely a God thing. And 
And as soon as we stopped praying, they flew away. And, you know, it was just like, well, so many little things like that kept happening um, until it was just, finally I went, okay, I get it. (laughs) Okay, we'll go. And and we put a house on the market, sold it. And the day that um, we sold it, oh, we were standing there with, no, the day we put it on the market, we were standing at our house with, the real estate agent, who was our eldest daughter, she sold the house for us, and um, the guy who was doing all the marketing, and he had a drone, and he sent the drone up into the up into the sky, and like this flock of birds came along and just just started flying around and around and around and around our property, and they were like hitting the drone, and he said, "I've never seen anything like this before." It was just bizarre, and that was that was the final sign that was like, I went, "Okay, okay, God." I get it. Wow. We're going. <laughs> That's so cool. I know. Man, it's cool to see how, like, how God speaks to different people because, yeah. you know, some of those confirmations could only mean something to you. Mm. It could mean nothing to someone else. Mm. And it makes sense because he's only talking to you because yeah. you're the only one who asked yeah. for that confirmation. Yeah. It's so cool. Oh, yeah, because yeah. God knows how you tick. Mm. He knows what signs you're going to pick up on mm. because he, he formed you. You know, he knows how your mind works and, man, to get your attention and to give you confirmation, it's not a hard thing for him to do. Yeah. And I just love that, that you, you're doing things in obedience, but you're also doing things with clarity. Mm. So you're not just going, hey, I think that God's telling me to go here with mm. just an emotional draw. You're going, Lord, if you want this to happen, make it abundantly clear to me. Mm. And... And and he does that, yeah. and he does that in so many wacky ways as well. Like he knows how you work, <laughs> and he goes, you know, Rochelle's gonna, you know, she probably loves birds. I'm gonna make sure that this one happens, and yeah. and I'm gonna make it really clear with a couple of verbal ones, verbal cues from other people, and and I I just love that. Hey, how mm. God just directs you, and and the Bible says that you know He's a, a light upon our feet and directing our path essentially, mm. Mm. Um, and. Yeah, yeah, it's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rochelle, for joining the Jesus Magnet podcast. You've got a powerful testimony. Um, it will go out to the world. And uh, we saw this cool quote online today. It was just we put it on, on the Jesus Magnet page, and we really like it. It's very similar to our normal Jesus Magnet quote, which is your story could be the key to unlock someone else's prison. But this one was your story could be the survival guide for somebody else. Mm. So it's that's why it's important to share your story, to yeah. share how God's spoken to you, um, to share, you know, these are my trials, these are my Goliaths, and he's, here's my stones, here's my, my David moments, and God pulled through. Mm. And, yeah, just so cool to, to see that through and through your whole life. Mm. Such a restoring life. Yeah. God is good. God is so faithful. (laughs) Awesome. All right, well, we'll see you next time on the Jesus Magnet Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Jesus Magnet Podcast. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you connect with us. Find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and if you want to support us, be a member of our coffee club, Jesus Magnet Coffee Club. See you next time on the Jesus Magnet.